You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Football show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. We're coming to you once a week this summer, talking football and fantasy football and all the weird stuff. You guys keep emailing us. Emails for Ring of Fantasy Football gmail.com. If you have weird stuff you want to send us, or if you have actual fantasy football questions, email us. Or <laughs> go to fantasyfootball.3.com where we already answered them all because we ranked all the players for all the scoring and by positions, and we put all the players in tiers in case the rankings aren't enough. So we did that all for you. Ah! I hit my mic. Fantasyfootball.thereo.com. <laughs> getting animated. Anime. I'm just getting into it. Um, yeah. We're previewing receivers today. Yep. And full disclosure, we're lying to you. This is re- May 17th that we're recording this. This is Wednesday. Age, this is ages ago that we're this recording is, this. I, I don't know what. I mean, Kadaris <laughs> Tony probably had three hamstring injuries just since we started hey! recording this podcast. <laughs> that was uncalled for. Was it? You know what was uncalled for? Him actually faking the injuries last year and then admitting it as soon as he got to the Chiefs. Okay, that was uncalled He's a performer. Yeah. This is entertainment. Yes. I, I, oh my, I, was, I am not entertained. He would have been great <laughs> in Vince McMahon's old XFL where it's just really more entertainment than football. He would have been awesome in that. He's literally that, that meme of the guy with like the broken leg who just stands up out of the wheelchair. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we're going to go through receivers. We're not going through every receiver today. We're getting through the ones that obviously Kadarius Tony already came up. The ones that we are, yell about the most and or drive me the most insane. That's basically who we're talking about today. Um, right now we're travailing around Europe. So please, if anyone has gotten hurt or trades or I don't know, if you Dalvin say Cook is on another team. Travailing? It's not a word, is it? That's, also, that's not true. <laughs> this, is, this is the Tuesday after. I mean, I, I, I guess I will still be we're in Europe. We're just traveling. I'll be in Europe. Oh, you will. DK will be home. So go say hi to DK. <laughs> DK used to do a solo pod on like drunk history that he's always wanted to do. He just wants to do like, a, yeah, I'm just drunk uh, Roman history to the mic for episode. an hour. People are going to love it. Before we get into individual receivers, I wanted to just kind of ask, pick your brains and like the receiver position writ large. I 
my vibe so far, and again, it's mid-May. We can change our minds. However, my vibe this year on the receivers has never been clearer in that there's really just, broadly speaking, five buckets. And honestly, the fourth bucket's like old vets and the fifth bucket is like unproven guys. So there's really just three buckets to me. It's just the top <laughs> six elite dudes that we've talked about, right? It's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams, those guys. And then it's like that second bucket is like all the elite sexy guys. It's Jalen Waddle and, you know, Garrett Wilson right. and CeeDee Lamb and the guys that when you take them, you'll feel good. Everyone will feel jealous. You'll look at your roster and be like, wow, I'm so good. The names this have a amazing. weight to them. Yeah. Yeah. Gravitas. And then there's this giant next tier of dudes that are just so unnerving that you just don't feel good about. They just kind of like, like it just, you look at them and you feel off and you're not feeling great about it. You have to talk mm -hmm. yourself into them. Right. And we're going to get into specifically these guys. Like, you know, there's freaking DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, who hasn't played. I can't remember the last time Calvin Ridley played football. And so well, <laughs> before we dive into some of these dudes, I just broadly speaking, wanted to ask you guys, what do you think your strategy is going to be? this season because I feel so weird going into this season. I feel like if you don't have one or two of those top, like 15 dudes, 16 guys kind of feel lost at sea. I don't know. How, how, how do you feel DK about receiver this year? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think obviously I think you nailed it when you were talking about how, like how it feels to have these guys on your team. You feel invincible. You feel like you're going to just absolutely <laughs> destroy die. your opponent. Yeah. Like I think that the, having two of those guys, like if you double dip on those guys early on, like then you feel really, really strong going into it. Um, you know, I don't know if I have anything like major, major feelings of the receivers quite yet. Um, I think relative to the running backs, I feel a lot more confident in them though. I'd say that. And that's like kind of how it's been the last few years. I think early vibes are, I want two of the top 12, 15 wide receivers. I want an elite quarterback and everything else I'll figure out later. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel too. I feel like the fact that when we're like, hey, after the top 24 receivers, there's chaos. Also the top 24 running backs after that, there's chaos. I'm like, all right, well, the running back chaos is a ladder. The receiver chaos is just actually anarchy. Yeah. And as it always goes, you know, there are Jarek McKinnons every year that you can find on the waiver wire. A lot harder to do wide receiver. So with that said, I want to start actually with one receiver, the only guy actually that I think actually transcended it. It was like, there's the top six receivers so clear. There's, you know, this, in whatever order you want to put him in, but there's Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. That's the six. That's the Holy Trinity. They're all incredible. And a guy that I am actually wondering if he's like kind of belongs in that top tier. I've been thinking so much about AJ Brown yeah. for the Eagles. Okay. AJ okay. Brown is incredible. Steven Ruiz summarized his game as basically LeBron James, but he plays football. And his job is just to cut to the basket every time. And it's just this unstoppable play. And I thought that was a really good sum summary. We have AJ Brown as our seventh receiver. He was like the sixth receiver in fantasy last year. And I'm kind of looking at his season. So he had 145 targets, 1500 yards and 11 touchdowns last year, like career high in every category played like 16 games. And I kind of can't decide if it's silly to expect that again. Because the right. Eagles had the easiest schedule in football and also like the easiest schedule for receivers last year. Or if actually AJ Brown's just scratching the surface because they still have like the sixth schedule, easiest schedule for receivers this year. And also the Eagles didn't pass that much because they were up so early right. in games. Right. It's like they played three quarters a, a game. They really <laughs> every, did. Like this every freaking week. The Eagles, the Eagles in the second quarter were like the greatest football team since like the freaking 07 Patriots. The Eagles. 23rd in pass attempts, despite 
A.J. Brown having the 1,500 yards. Eagles to 23rd yeah. in pass attempts. They were 29th in drop back rate in the NFL. Basically, almost half, just half their their plays were dropbacks. And then also, I just found this. The Eagles had the fastest pace offense in the in the first half. They were literally running at the fastest really? pace in this because they, and then they got the lead and they just sat on the ball. Their pace in the second half was like bottom six. They're the rare team that's like quite literally too good for the receiver <laughs> to actually reach his potential. Like the Eagles are too good for AJ Brown to have a Devontae Adams like season where he gets 180 targets and 120 catches. AJ Brown had 88 catches last year. That's fine. That's not bad, but. Right. Justin Jefferson at 128 it's 48 more ca- 40 more catches than him yeah so if you look at the the target rate Craig that's a perfect example Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown had the exact same target rate on the year 28.7 Justin Jefferson as you said had like 40 more targets or sorry 40 more care uh, catches uh than AJ Brown like that just tells you the differences between these two offenses um and that worries me a little bit but but Heifetz, as you were saying, going forward, I mean, aren't they going to pass more this year? Like, can't we expect the volume to go up? And this is a also it's it's a funnel offense. It's basically all AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and uh, Dallas Goddard sprinkled in. It's basically those three guys and no one else. It's true. It's like this is everything we want from a fantasy offense. It's like the running back is a broken position, but Jalen Hurts is the goal line back. And then they just only throw it to their two receivers in a tight end. But to your point, it's like maybe it's a little galaxy brain to say, well, they'll play hard easier they'll have a harder schedule so that's better because you know it's actually good for them to get all the yards and touchdowns at some point but they didn't really play in the fourth quarter the eagles literally had the fewest dropbacks in the fourth quarter of any team in the football <laughs> they had 104 dropbacks not even throws dropbacks in the fourth quarter last season so i maybe they had 104 this, dropbacks isn't that in the crazy? whole season no, no, no. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, yes. <laughs> Isn't that insane. crazy? They just yeah, didn't play crazy. football. And if you watch the Eagles, you're like, yeah, they just literally take the ball and sat on it because they were up 15 every single wow. time. I feel like Justin Herbert had 100 dropbacks in the fourth quarter in like the first three games of the season. <laughs> I think Seriously. Brady actually literally had like more than double that number. Just Brady alone. It's crazy. So anyway, yeah, I look at A.J. Brown. Also, did you guys know that A.J. Brown puts a $100 bill in his shoulder pads tapes with tape every time he's 100 yards in a game? So he's got like thousands of dollars in his... Wait, he adds them to his pads yeah. throughout the season? He takes wow. them out at the end of the season and donates them to charity, but he every every game during the season, he tapes a $100 bill, and he says he it's because he wants to keep stacking them. To the inside <laughs> of his pads? Yes. So I don't do think we want a, a keep to leave situation where someone just rips the money out of when he <laughs> donates them. Do you think he writes a check or does he give just the sweaty bills? Oh, to one of them big checks. Yeah. Give me one you of those big ones. <laughs> that guy got one. Well, AJ Brown's like 25, car. so there's no chance he writes a check, right? I mean, how many people are age write checks? Also, it's like, cool, you donated $1,000. You make $20 million a year. <laughs> Donate more. Maybe put $1,000. Yeah, come on. Let's not every game. get mad at him. He's donating money, Craig. Let's not get mad at him. Donate a little more. How about that? Is $100 actually kind of cheap for him? So he, yeah, Is $100 kind of cheap for AJ Brown? Yeah. What's he getting paid? $18 million a year? It's like if we put ones, we're like, is that actually? Yes. Like yeah. I'm like, every time I put up 20 to pickup game, I put a dollar bill in my shoe and I donate them at the end of the season. We should get AJ Brown on this podcast and then just call him out for being cheap with charity. <laughs> totally. <laughs> TK's like, no, let's not do yeah, that. Yeah, we, we should definitely do for that. For sure. Anyway, yeah. okay, let's pivot back to fantasy here. It, who is AJ Brown going to usurp of the guys that had of him? We have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, 
Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs. You could you you could convince me that he should be above Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams and maybe be sitting at that number five yeah. spot. So yeah. I think the question is he, you can take him ahead at any of those guys. I wouldn't. I think the, the thing for me is he's above mentally, he's a tier above CeeDee Lamb. But does it make sense? Because maybe it's just I'm a Giants fan and I actually just hate the Cowboys more than the Eagles. I can't explain why. But I just feel like A.J. Brown is straight up better than CeeDee Lamb in real life. I also think he's more yeah. consistent. But then really, I think what A.J. Brown's usurping is, would you rather have A.J. Brown or Josh Jacobs? Would you rather have A.J. Brown or Nick Chubb? A.J. Brown or Derrick Henry? Even A.J. Brown or Tony Pollard? I think that's the question. And I'm realizing like Jalen Waddell, I actually kind of want the running backs. But A.J. Brown, I actually kind of just want A.J. Brown if he's there. Basically, unless like Devontae or Stephon Diggs is there. I don't know. I kind of think receivers are so sexy that in almost any scenario, if you said, do you want this receiver or the commensurately ranked running back? I would always say the wide receiver. <laughs> I feel like I just always want the wide receiver over the running back. I have to begrudgingly draft running backs every year. Nothing, nothing on that. You guys are totally <laughs> in on running backs. <laughs> These receivers are sexier. AJ Brown versus Derrick Henry. Come on. Should we have like a thirst setting for the guide and just kind of just rank like a bonk setting and just have all the receivers go up or down based on your thirst level? Yeah, we should do a little like a little Reddit arrow so people can vote. Like, how sexy <laughs> is this player up or down? Like, Fantasy Jackie Dobbins, very low. Fantasy thoughts. Ha. It's actually, wow, it's actually good. All right, let's talk about that when we're done. All right, <laughs> write that down. Speaking of the sexy tier, again, there's that sexy, for lack of a better term, I'm saying sexy, but the that other tier of receivers, like AJ Brown's at the top of it, CD Lamb, you know, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins. And then there's like Chris Olave. Yeah. Is he is he, sexy do do with or him? Is he what do we not? do with him? Yeah. So Chris Olave is so interesting to me because he was very good last year. Like very good. He was it was a rookie last year, getting passes from Andy Dalton. He Olave played 15 games. He had over a thousand yards. He had four touchdowns. Most of his passes were thrown to him by Andy Dalton. He was <laughs> sixth in air yards in the league, six in targets per route run. Six in target, 16th in target share, which translation is they threw to him a ton when he was on the field. Uh, they threw to him a lot more than all the other players on the field. And they threw it deep to him. And when they threw to him, he usually caught it and made good things happen. And now Derek Carr is the quarterback of the Saints, which is another thing that I don't think people realize. I kind of think most people <laughs> just think Derek Carr's still in the Raiders. He's Derek there. Carr yeah, he's there. is the quarterback of the Saints. He <laughs> just gave Devontae Adams one of the best fantasy seasons of his career is a very capable, solid, good quarterback, much better than Andy Dalton. Dude, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they led the NFL in deep touchdown passes, like touchdown passes that travel 20 yards in the air. Like they had like 10 or 11 of Devontae's touchdowns were all 20 yards in the air. And now he's going to Olave. He's one of the best young deep ball trackers. Yeah, and to pile onto that, Mike Clay for ESPN just wrote about the, the easiest schedules for each position in fantasy. Uh, the Saints have the easiest schedule in, in the league for wide receivers this year. And, like, let's look at the Saints, man. They have Michael Thomas, LOL. They have Alvin Kamara, who may get suspended. <laughs> they have Raheed Shahid, A.T. Perry, who's a rookie. James Washington. Their tight ends are Jawan Johnson. Like, I, I, Olave just seems like an extra, a, a very sure bet. And yet I think when you compare him to Garrett Wilson, everyone will pick Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is one spot ahead of him in our rankings. And I think he's just sexier and Olave is just not. I don't really know yeah. why. It's it's funny how some players just become sexy and others don't. But Olave, to me, is not sexy. He's like falling into the Keenan Allen bucket. <laughs> he just doesn't, he doesn't do it. Well, he's not as exciting of a player in terms of style. He's basically... Um, and we talked about but, this in the pre-jack process. But he's a deep ball guy. Like, that should be sexy. 
He's so refined. I guess. And like, I, Chris Olave is just polished. And DK was on this right from when he was coming out of the draft. And DK, you kind of nailed it. With, it was Garrett Wilson or Olave. And you said Garrett Wilson. But also you were like, but they're both going to be really good. It's just vibes. Are, it's just styles. Ways. Yeah. Like Garrett Wilson is chaos walking. He's in the Kadarius Tony mold of a guy who like his body movements are weird and unexplainable. He's so athletic. He's so explosive. Run after the catch. Yeah, um, if Kadarius Tony missed. played football, he'd be Garrett Wilson. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, at the on the other hand, on the other side of the coin is Olave, who's like very polished. When I picture Olave, when I'm like, here's a highlight of Olave. He's running like a 10 yard stop route and catching the ball for, for like nothing that he does is like super exciting. Nothing that he does is crazy, explosive or or fun or highlight worthy. Um, and I think additionally, and this is a bias I have going back to like pre-draft, like he's just not very physical. He's just kind of a soft player, but he's open all the time. He's open. He gets open. And that's the thing. And so I think stylistically, he's just not a sexy player, but he's also very good. And he's probably going to put up numbers. I think the one worry I have in this offense is number one, there's a new quarterback. I'm not saying that uh, Derek Carr is better or he, I'm not saying he's not better than Andy Dalton. I don't know if he's a lot better than Andy Dalton. I stop. I, stop, uh, dude. Did you, have know, you seen man. Andy Dalton's numbers? The Derek Carr slander has gone too far. Derek no. Carr is solid. It, that's, I d- totally disagree. Derek Carr is exactly rated perfectly in my mind. <laughs> and that is right next to Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Wait, when you say that, you say exactly. when the Jets said that they, they thought Derek Carr could be a Hall of Famer? Bullshit. Yeah. Do you um, think the Jets said that to make Derek Carr think they were nuts and not sign with them? <laughs> Derek, Derek Carr's thrown for over 4,000 yards like five years in a row. He throws for like 25 touchdowns every year. He's above average. Craig's in on Derek Carr. I, and I don't know if it's because he Craig, likes Derek Carr. You had or if me until else you ended out. it with he's above average. Well, you're treating him like he's a bottom 10 quarterback. I think that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I'm, I'm probably like overdoing it in terms of like my negativity towards him. But I really don't think he's like a massive upgrade over Andy Dalton. L- let, me t- let me ask you this. When Devontae Adams went to the Raiders... Were you terrified of what was going to happen to him because of Derek Carr? No. Okay. And look what happened. Because they played together before. That's okay. Like 10 Doesn't years that matter? ago. We talk about that all the time. We, it does matter. It's been a decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like riding a bike, man. That's friendship, Craig. <laughs> Craig, you were just at a back to party. You at- see your college friends, you pick up where you left off, man. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I you're tell, you're telling me- of doing keg stands. Mo Williams from the Cavs shows up right now in the Lakers and him and LeBron are just back in sync. Hell yeah. I don't think so. Easily. (laughs) I mean, uh, dude, LeBron and Citronis Silgowskis would fucking run a beer pong game. I don't know how I became the Derek Carr guy, but I guess I'm here. (laughs) I'm radicalizing you. I don't really want to be, but like... (laughs) Is it with Craig? Is it because you like Derek Carr or because everyone else is out on Derek Carr and you have a little contrarian streak? Uh, I definitely do have a little contrarian in me. I don't know. No one talks about Chris Olave and they should. I mean, I think he's good. To be clear, he's good. I don't want to sleep also. You mentioned Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid, I think, uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, had like zero catches last year that didn't go for 50 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> right, right. That's not actually true. But it felt like Rashid Shahid had six catches for like 80 yards per catch and eight and a touch. You know what I mean? So I actually mm-hmm. think that one is interesting. Again, Derek Carr actually does have a solid deep ball after like we questioned whether he could do it for like seven years. And he was like, fuck you. I'll show you. So I'm going to play I, devil's advocate here. Because I don't think this is going to happen. But what if Michael Thomas does play a lot? Stop. Like, doesn't that Who? hurt Chris Olave a lot? I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Michael Thomas had 149 catches in a season 
and then sprained his ankle. And I never, we never like saw three him years again. ago. <laughs> it was before the pandemic. So weird. He's played like eight football games since there was a pandemic. He's the David Johnson of wide receivers. Just what happened to that guy? So is he play? He got hurt again two months ago, and we were just like, "What?" He just got like some metal taken out of his foot. I don't know. <laughs> Screws. I made this what? mistake last year. I'm, I'm not even thinking about Michael Thomas. <laughs> Michael just Thomas honestly is just there. like Kadarius Tony Benjamin Button. <laughs> I don't know. Can anyway. we? We should do a fantasy. Where are they now? Segment. What's <laughs> your <laughs> <laughs> current players? <laughs> Where? What happened to this guy? But he's still in the league. I think David Johnson was on a team last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was, yeah. Was it the From, Saints? I don't know. Yeah, I think actually I think so. Was it the Saints? I don't know. Do you guys know how old David Johnson is? He's probably like, like 26. He's 31. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god. I, he he was he was on the Saints last year. He had 12 carries. Was he? Oh my yep. god. All right, wait. Pulling this train back on. Uh, another guy that, as we're making our tier, and again, our tiers are at fantasyfootball.thrainer.com. If you click on the position, like a single position, you can click on multiple. But if you click on just one position, you can see our tiers appear. And again, we got that like elite tier, and then we got all the cool guys. And the guy that I thought was really hard to kind of decide, and we ultimately put a tier below, was Debo Samuel for the 49ers, who I thought was firmly, firmly mm. one of the sexier players you could have in the last couple of years. And right. now I feel like, the questions around Debo Samuel's health and also just the general not knowing who the quarterback is than the 49ers has pushed it to, I actually get more stressed looking at Debo than I do thinking he's cool. Am I alone on yeah. that DK? No, the, the 49ers are a fantasy mess, honestly. Um, you know, Besides McCaffrey. Well, even McCaffrey, like I'm, I think I'm more worried about McCaffrey than you guys are because I think when they had uh, Elijah Mitchell in the offense last year, this was granted. This was early when McCaffrey was traded, so maybe they were just easing McCaffrey in or whatever. But when he when they were both healthy, they were like rotating a lot. Like McCaffrey's volume went way down. Or Wait, is this why I have relative. a tattoo on my back that's like across my shoulder blades that says "Don't tr Don't Draft 49ers Running Backs"? Yeah. Also, but like, but it's, it's on your back, so you can't really see it. You kind of forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> more specifically, like it's the receiver situation is a mess. Like I don't know what to do with Ayuk. I don't know what to do with Kittle. To be honest, like. Who's the quarterback going to be? We don't even know who the freaking quarterback is going to be. Um, and I think Debo is definitely still, and, and Heifetz, you nailed it. He was maybe one of the most sexy fantasy players of our generation. Like in 2021, that was the most crazy year. He was essentially, he, we talked about this all the time. He was like a cheat code. He's essentially two players in one because he was running. He had scored eight rushing touchdowns. Like the next closest rushing touchdown guy among receivers was Jarvis Landry with two. You know, and so he was playing essentially goal line back and receiver. He had yeah. 1,400 yards receiving. Um, That's crazy. Like he was an absolute fantasy cheat code. He was so good. He finished as the overall wide receiver, too. He had 300 points and half PPR. Um, and but like at the same time, after that season, he voluntarily and like very purposely asked the team to like lower his his usage on the ground and he was worried about like his longevity i think there's obvious reasons for that like he's getting hit taking a way more way more hits than most receivers and the injury situation did come back um and you kind of worry about that but he he got a new contract and then his numbers in 2022 absolutely fell off the like fell off a cliff he he went from wide receiver two 
2021 to wide receiver 37 in 2022 and the wide receiver 26 in points per game. So I don't know, man. He, he only had 600 yards receiving. He had three touchdowns on the ground. Regression hit. They added Christian McCaffrey. I don't know what to do with this guy because obviously he has the elite upside, but he's going to have to have multiple injuries to get the, anywhere close to the type of volume he had in 2021. Debo Samuel is a sports car. He looks incredible sitting in the garage. And you're like, man, every once in a while you take him out for a spin, it could be electric. Yeah. And then most of the other days you're like, oh, the there's actually a problem with the uh, suspension. You got to get that fixed. Oh, it actually doesn't really make sense to drive him on the hilly areas. And then by the end of the season, you're like, he yeah. was really fun for four games. But in reality, I the juice is not worth the squeeze with me personally for Debo. There are other guys in his range who have the same upside and are way safer. And it's even yeah. worse than that because you're actually bidding on that car with other people. But the problem is it's a cool car. It's in a cool color. It's got cool seats. And you're like, how are you possibly going to get a deal on a car that looks that cool? It's like, you know what car is boring? Amari Cooper. Boring car. Yeah. Bad color. T. Higgins. T. Higgins is never going to run out of gas. He's a, Yeah, it's like get a Subaru. Way more <laughs> affordable. Go He's, one of those drive astro, the He's an Astro van. You drive in December. Wife. Yeah, an astro oh, <laughs> Take the minivan, pick up the kids from soccer, and go home to your wife. <laughs> Draft T. Higgins. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Is it Kadarius Tony time, or should I just complain about other receivers that are overrated? <laughs> I think it's, well, let's just talk Chiefs receivers in general, but Kadarius Tony is a big part of it. Did you guys see the Brett Veach quote on Kadarius Tony recently? Mm -mm. He basically said, he's like, look, Kadarius Tony's whole career, he's been predominantly like a slot guy, returner, runner, gadget guy. And he's like, but nobody knows a limit on his game because of his vertical game. And we can tap into that. The Giants didn't. When he was at Florida, they didn't do that. And he's like, we got him in the middle of the season, so there was only so much we could do with him. But the sky's the limit. He's really smart. He picked up the playbook quickly. Um, so it's like after reading that, first thing I did was I I changed my shorts. <laughs> I 
desk. And then I came and sat back down. Uh-huh. And then Is I happy tissues up. or sad tissues? <laughs> <laughs> Exuberant tissues. And then I looked at the Chiefs depth chart, their receiving core. And I was like, okay, so they lost Juju and McCole Hardman, which is about 1,200 yards receiving last year. They replaced them with Rashi Rice and Richie James. Rashi Rice is a round two rookie. And Richie James, Heifetz is very familiar with. I think it was an undrafted <laughs> slot guy. Yeah. Um, and the other receivers Legend. are Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Watson, and they obviously have Travis Kelsey. Like, there's there's Sky Moore who we'll get to, but my 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 opinion on these on Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony is you should you should at all costs just draft both of them, just do it. It's worth the price. Kadarius Tony's at 94 in our rankings. Yeah, Sky Moore's yeah. at 136. When is the last time the number one receiver on a Super Bowl caliber team with a Hall of Fame quarterback, MVP quarterback, the highest ranking wide receiver is 94? Just draft <laughs> them both. Yeah. This is the depth, depth chart uncertainty deal that, that we talk about during the offseason. Like, if you don't know exactly what, who the number one receiver is going to be, and especially in this situation where they're really cheap, like, there's no downside for grabbing one or both of these guys. One of them will be good, unless you think it's R- Rashi Rice, DK. I don't think so. I mean, at least in year one, generally, I think the Chiefs have sort of taken young guys and new guys slowly and, and integrated them into their offense over time, which is actually why I, ha- I still have a little bit of hope for Sky Moore because Sky Moore, frankly, just wasn't very good as a rookie. Touchdown um, the Super Bowl, though that was cool. Did he have one? Oh yeah, because that w- was that the one he stole from uh, Kadarius Tony. Yeah, it was supposed to be for Tony. Yeah. Lined up on yes. the wrong side. <laughs> but don't don't you think the Chiefs are just getting so ballsy with their wide receiver room? It's like last year they were like, this all right, we're what they're doing with Tyreek. their tackle situation like, too. Yeah, and you're like, all right, we, we don't have Tyreek anymore. We have Juju though, and everyone's like, okay, this is not going to work. They win the Super Bowl, and they're like, okay, I'll raise you one more. Fuck you, Juju, and we're not replacing you with anyone. We'll do it I, again. I, we'll just run it back. Ch- so this is what happens when you have Patrick are- Mahomes. They remind me of the Packers when the Packers for like five years in a row, they just said, well, yeah. who's your receivers? Well, it's Devontae Adams and then four guys who should all be a number four option. But they're yeah, but the difference is, two, is three. the Chiefs have won three Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Kader, You're right. The Kadarius Tony, I'm not going to lie, is the happy Gilmore quote of like, oh, shoot, you see he hit the ball 400 yards? Like how many snaps he played the Super Bowl? Five. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a great day though. Almost two Good touchdowns. Should have had three, day. really. Oh my God. Um, you're right though. I hate to say it. I hate Kadarius Tony with all my soul, but you're right. He's probably a really good pick to share because the reality is if he's healthy, he will be an incredible value. And maybe that's like saying, you know, if the Vegas gets like a month of rain, like, you know what I mean? But there's no shot that he's going to be at 94 when it comes to draft season. There's just no way people are going to talk themselves into him. Like how much is it going to cost to draft Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore? Like 15 bucks. Like it's so worth it. Daniel Plainview over there. There's a whole ocean of oil under my feet. <laughs> no one can get it except for me. That's how I feel with Kadarius on my uh, dynasty team. By the way, Craig, this is unrelated mostly to fantasy, but did you know that Kadarius Tony and uh, Kyle Pitts were college teammates in the same offense? I did. Maybe wow, that must have been the most disappointing team frustrating. ever. Frustrating, yeah. <laughs> Kyle uh, Trask was their, was their uh, quarterback, by the way. Okay, oh, well, speaking of Kyle Trask, okay. The Bucs, so I, the Bucs, the, the quarterback competition is Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. Mm. And my phone autocorrects Trask to trash. <laughs> it's tough. And it's tough. If you think that that has not come up in whatever receiver group text that Mike Evans and Chris God would have, then you are probably wrong. Uh, bad sign. <laughs> you, you think they've texted his name? I don't. You think they haven't? No. 
They've I never don't. texted. Well, you know what? The, the Bucks chose to never play Kyle Trask. That's bad. Second round pick, and they just even in garbage time when they benched Brady, they didn't put him in. That's not good. So I feel like Baker's going to be the quarterback. And it's so weird to figure out Mike Evans and Godwin because two reasons. One, Mike Evans was kind of like good for the first half of the season. And then like historically incredibly awful and disappointing for the second half of the season. And then he just blew up in week 17. So his numbers were saved. He got his thousand yards for the eighth <laughs> yeah. year in a row. He was like the 14th receiver. If you take out the, he had 20% of his yards on the season in week 17. 20%. What if was, you the, check what that was out, the stat line? What was the stat line? Oh my God. Game? It was like a hundred and not, let me look it up. It was look insane. It up I'm curious now. It was like, 19% of his season yards. <laughs> That's insane. It was what do we out call of control. That? Fantasy entropy. Yeah, because he was just not starting for anyone. Yeah, it's useless. You didn't it's have week it. 17. <laughs> Unless you're in the championship. No one with Mike <laughs> Evans was in the championship. I promise. He had 10 catches for 207 yards and three touchdowns in week 17. (laughs) And entering that game, he had yardage 40, 54, 31, 59, 44, 83, 29. And then 43 he had three. fantasy points in that game. So you've been in the burn book for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm looking at this season and I'm like, now Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And you know what is weird about Baker, aside from just taking total backup quarterback money, which I don't even think that's a huge deal because he wanted to play. You know what I think is concerning about Baker? Have you, have you guys realized that everywhere he goes, his teammates hate him? Do they? Yeah. I think Baker has been criticized by former teammates almost as much as any quarterback that there is. Like the list of quarterbacks (laughs) criticized by teammates. It's basically like there's Carson Wentz, there's Kyler Murray, and like Baker. Like it's so hard to get (laughs) criticized by active teammates. Those are the only three guys that were criticized by name by current teammates. At the time they're active? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like while they're on the team, that just doesn't happen. And I was going to say Russell Wilson's dudes. up there. Russell, um, yeah, mm, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like Odell, like Odell Beckham's father posted the video while Baker was the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Like this guy sucks, and everyone's like, "That's mean." And then he, Odell left and was incredible, and the Rams won the Super Bowl. And Kareem Hunt's dad hated Baker Mayfield. Steve Smith, senior, that the analyst, like, seems to hate Baker Mayfield's guts, which is relevant because Steve Smith is a, the best player in like Panthers history. Duke Johnson hates Baker Mayfield. Miles Garrett. Co-captain of the Browns with Baker Mayfield said that he did not respond to Baker Mayfield's text message when Baker said left the Browns and he texted Miles to say goodbye. Baker, Miles said his relationship was slightly complicated. Didn't respond to the text. Okay. When when Ian Rappaport reported that Baker was going to sign with the Panthers, Robbie Anderson, who was the, on the team, just commented <laughs> on Instagram, "No," with like seven O's. <laughs> like That's this tough. is just—it's not normal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's wrong? What, what do you think the problem is? Is he just like, like truly like a cocky asshole and everyone's like, hey, you haven't done anything? Is it the I commercials? Think, what is it? Does he think he's I'm, a movie star? I'm curious what DK thinks. I think that's part of it. I think it's an iceberg that there's always 80% because, you know, if you forget just obviously the NFL connections, it's got a lot of these guys went to college and they all talk and like guys, they, they, like the networks are much bigger than you think. Number one. Two, I do think that his personality doing the commercials before he'd won anything hurts. I also think he's short. His arm isn't that good. And like, I I think that guys, receivers respect Odell Beckham even more than the general public. Like Odell Beckham is like Drake. It's like a wide God. Receivers. Yeah. He's like a God. And like, and he literally has more Instagram followers than any other NFL player by like a factor of 10. And 
for Odell to go there and basically become irrelevant. I think receivers look at that as Baker can't get Odell Beckham the fucking football. How can he help me? Like Baker, Odell and Jarvis Landry almost had their careers end when they went to the Browns. And, you know, Baker goes to Carolina. And it's like DJ Moore can't get the ball. It's like everywhere that he goes. And I think that Baker's on his best when he's like on the move. They move the pocket. He has to roll out, throw to a guy. You know who hasn't been moving pockets and having quarterbacks go on the run? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. We're not like running play action moves. So they're going to have to do a new yeah. offense. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a little worried Mike Evans is going to like pull a Marshawn Lattimore on Baker if you can't get him to a thousand yards. The Buccaneers offense could be very grim this year. It's going to be to me tough. I, I would say like in terms of the Baker hate, I wonder if it's just like you said, glory hogs who never really proved anything. You know what I mean? They never actually yeah. won anything. That's kind of Baker, I guess, but so I don't know. I, I thought he was going to be way better than he was than he was with the with the Panthers, and he just absolutely crapped the bed. So um, I don't have high hopes for this this year. I kind of want to see Kyle Trask. Like I feel like we've seen Baker. We know what Baker is. Like, but here's the thing: give us something else. The Bucks haven't wanted to see Kyle Trask or Kyle <laughs> no. Trash. And like I'm, so, I don't mean to say I'm sorry if that's mean, but like I kind of want. I can't believe that the iPhone actually just try it right now. It autocorrects the trash. Put Kyle Trask in your phone as a contact, and it'll be okay. That's true. But anyway, yeah, just add you, Kyle Trask. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Mike Evans 66th and then we also have Chris Godwin 54th. I think that makes sense because I think Baker, I think Godwin will just is better than Mike Evans. Godwin's a year removed from the ACL tear. We were kind of out on Godwin last year for that reason. I think now we can be back in on Godwin. Are we making a mistake having Mike Evans as like a fringe, like top 30 player at just that, at the receiver position or like probably. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but he's think, the most boom bust player. And it's like, first of all, this whole thing's deep game. Does Baker even have that kind of arm anymore? I'm like, are we going to regret this? Or is it actually, if you move him up and you take ba Mike Evans in the top 50 players, I feel like that's what I'm going to regret. My whole philosophy is I, I just, I need receivers with competent quarterbacks. It makes everything easier. It's a rising tide that lifts all boats. I can't, I can't be doing a guy, a 30 year old guy dependent on the deep ball attached to Baker Mayfield. That is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I, I mean, speaking of there's so, the we, Craig, you nailed this last year where it's like, there is for all that, look, we can hold the numbers and all the analysis and all the analytics and, you know, run. However, we need to be able to come up with a underlying research for dread. Like that we need a metric that calculates how much angst a player gave you last season. And Craig nailed it with players who, when you were watching the game, made it feel like you, they needed a fucking miracle to catch a ball. Like, <laughs> and like, yeah, it's the, it's the Terry McLaurin metric. Every time Terry McLaurin catches a pass, you're like, Jesus Christ. How did he, how did that happen? <laughs> so many things needed to go right for him to catch that 23 yard pass. Help me God. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Oprah help me, Winfrey. <laughs> help me, Carson Wentz, please. One of your five good passes every game, please have those be to Terry McLaurin. <laughs> but now he has Sam Howell. So what the fuck do we do with that? How do you feel about <laughs> McLaurin and Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett? Literally, like, the Washington yeah. just put together a quarterback room because they're like, yeah, we don't know who was going to own the team at the time, and Dan I didn't want to pay anybody, so we just cleared the decks. And this is a rudderless, like, a rudderless franchise. I, it, they're so, literally like, we don't want anything serious right now. That's the kind of relationship they have with these quarterbacks. Like, just, we're not ready. They're for just commitment. getting out of a serious thing. Yeah. They just want to like play the field, you know. Hang Meanwhile, out with their Terry McLaurin is just languishing there in his prime. <laughs> Poor Sweet. Terry. Um, by the way, Terry has quietly been one of the most consistent receivers in the NFL since coming into the league. I went back and looked at it. Uh, in the four years since he's been in the NFL, he is the wide receiver 14 in fantasy in half PBR. If I had to pick one wide receiver, 
who, if they were with a, a competent quarterback, would just immediately be a top seven receiver in the NFL would be Terry McLaurin. Yeah, he's the new Allen yeah. Robinson. He, yeah, well, yeah. This is yes. a guy who's That's perfect. not going to ever play with a good quarterback. I really hope that uh, that Sam Howell can be like a guy that actually fits really well with McLaurin. Because if you look at like the Sam Howell offense from college, he was hucking it deep a lot. Like that was a big part of his game. And so maybe, maybe that will translate. The, the Howell situation in Washington is very similar, I think, to the Trask situation in Tampa Bay in the sense that like they could have played Howell last year. And they just didn't. They did. No, I they think, played one him a little bit, of, didn't they? Well, they did play him one game. This brought to you by the same coaching staff where Ron Rivera literally didn't know they could be eliminated the week that they were eliminated. <laughs> right. Good I don't God. know if there was long-term planning going on. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I have some hope that Howell could be like a positive force on this offense, just based on his style and the way he plays, and hopefully that fits well with McLaurin. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look back at the quarterbacks that have played with McLaurin during the last four years, Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke. Garrett Gilbert, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy. Holy shit. I thought that, that could have been the cast of whatever movie Heifetz was making his guess in the last episode. Wait, I'm sorry. DK, can you read that list again? These are quarterbacks in Terry McLaurin's uh, life. Quarterbacks that have played, have started and thrown passes for the Washington Commanders since McLaurin became a NFL player. Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, who played one game last year. Garrett Gilbert, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, and Colt McCoy. Holy shit. This is like the career backup just carousel. Yeah, Case Keenum is without a doubt the best quarterback he's ever <laughs> played with. Dude, I, there's been some bad lists. DeAndre Hopkins had a bad list. Allen Robinson had a bad list. Uh, that Allen, is, yeah, Allen Robinson was rough. That's up there. That's freaking brutal. Holy crap. So, McLaurin was the wide receiver 14 last year. Look, Greg and I went on Bill's podcast uh, last summer, last spring, I can't remember. And basically, we just did a draft of just pure skill players, like with contract, but absent context of team. And I think McLaurin was one of the guys we argued about the most because we were like, we've never seen this guy. He's incredible. That's the thing. Going into the season, though, we say the same shit every year. And I know Dan Snyder's gone. And I think eventually that Washington should be a really cool team to root for. But like, as of now, do you really want Terry McLaurin? No, it's not one of those the names lame that coaching like staff. It, yeah, it's also, no. No, I, I, the other guy I feel that way about, I don't know what to do with is DJ Moore, who oh, got yeah. traded to the Bears. He was part Just of that don't. package. That's the thing. He was traded <laughs> as part of that package uh, that the Panthers <laughs> traded up. And I'm like, it's, it's again, the line from Superbad, kind of porn you watch. It's like, you ever just seen DJ Moore on his own? Not for me. But like, well, he's good. Maybe, it's, maybe it's the opposite. DJ Moore yeah. on his own is great, but the surrounding parts are just off putting because. We literally called the Bears the Navy midshipmen last year. They literally had, they've had the <laughs> least pass-heavy offense in more than a decade, almost like 15 years. Right. And so the problem with that, obviously, is, I mean, DJ Moore could basically get a higher percentage of targets from the Bears than any player on any team in the league, and he'd still be meh. So we need the Bears to throw more, and we need Justin Fields to get more efficient. Shout out to JJ Zacharyson, who had a great episode about this recently, but the point being, like, unless Fields gets better more efficient and also throws more and the offense just gets better and targets DJ more like a number one. It's like, that's a lot of ifs, right? The alternative is what if you, if you actually believe all that, just get Justin Fields. But the idea of just drafting DJ more, I, I, I don't know. It's like, it, you know, it's compared to like AJ Brown went to the Eagles and Jalen hurts got better. It's like Stefan Diggs went to the bills. And Josh Allen got better. And you're like, Oh, you get Diggs was good. AJ Brown was good. What if DJ more is good? I'm like, I'd rather just have the quarterback. Cause you need the quarterback to get better for the DJ more to do anything. Yeah, I will say 
the Bears will pass more almost surely this this next year than they did last year because why because they like, won't set the record again for passing right. the least. Yeah. How much more? I mean, they right. won't re-break the record. It's not going to be like a lot more, and it's probably not going to be significant enough um, change to make me interested in DJ Moore. DJ Moore is one of these players we talk about this every year who you have to rank him, but I'm not going to draft him. You know what I mean? Like I put him in there in the ranks, but in no scenario am I excited about drafting him in redraft. We not need my a type. third team. We we need a third team. I think we've nailed this so far. We have the all boring team of just a bunch of Ori Coopers. We have the go home to your wife team, which is like the sexy players, <laughs> like, you know, that wife. are like, oh, like Garrett Wilson. You're like, actually, don't go after this. Like, don't hit on like 22 year old at a bar, like go home to your wife. Like, <laughs> but we need a third team for players who are probably like incredible at football, but just are in the worst possible circumstances. McLaurin and DJ Moore are the starting receivers for that team with Michael yeah. Pittman, where you're like, you're probably great at football. I'll never find out. I don't want to like root for you. I can't watch you on TV. It's the classic rom-com rom-com trope of the girl who's like always has the ponytail and the glasses, and then she like takes it off and like whips her hair out. Everyone's like, "You've been hot this whole time." <laughs> Paint covered smock. Yeah, <laughs> she's got glasses and a You've ponytail. Been, I, I've been sitting next to you in English class all year. <laughs> Not another teen movie, by the way, is really funny. Like I haven't watched it in probably about fifteen years, but it was really funny when I was fifteen years ago. Can you imagine if your fantasy team had DJ Moore, McLaurin, and Mike Evans on it? Like I just it's can't. Heart attack team. I couldn't. I couldn't stare at the roster. It's like maybe next year team. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the first team all aspirin. Like <laughs> just the the pinch your temple team. The don't you know what it's like. Oh, just check the score at the end of the game. At the end of the day, team. There Get are the players that make you feel like watching them. Like you, you know, the feeling of when you're running late to go to the airport. But like I, just, I feel watching DJ Moore all the time. Yeah. It's the it's what DK just said. It's the worst. I have the worst fucking attorneys team. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Worst. You take off your glasses and just <laughs> yeah, worst fucking attorneys <sighs> team. Yeah. All right. Any other receivers you guys want to hit? I want to talk about Jerry Judy because speaking of the devil, he's a frustrating guy. Um, however, I will say last year quietly, almost very shockingly, he was the wide receiver twenty. He was a low end wide receiver two. Um, in both total points and points per game. And by the way, the last five games, the only receivers that, and I, I recognize that some people are not playing fantasy in the last five games, the last two or three games of the week or of the season. But if you look at his last five games of the season, the only two receivers that outscored him in fantasy were Jefferson and Jamar. Like he went absolutely bonkers down the stretch. The Broncos offense, I think, is going to be better. I think Russell Wilson is going to at least be marginally better than he was last year because it was an absolute fucking disaster last year. Now they have Sean Payton. I think they're going to get more to like, uh, you know, the play action game and, and and balanced offense that actually works better for Wilson gets him, you know, to take those deep shots. Are we way too low on Jerry Judy? We got him as the wide receiver 32. He was the wide receiver 20 last year and the offense is going to get better. First of all, Jerry Judy... DJ Moore and Mike Evans all having like incredible end of like playoff stretches when you definitely didn't make the playoffs if you had them is like you ever had a family member show up <laughs> with like food for Thanksgiving like an hour after dinner ended? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know this what is I mean? useless to me. Like, yeah. thanks. Uh, but to your point, my, I, I'm kind of like I would be totally in on Jerry Judy except for like totally believe that Sean Payton wanted to trade him. Well, that that's yeah, my but one they problem. didn't trade him. I agree that that's true. And I also worry about the fact that um, like Tim Patrick is going to be back and apparently he's you know, going to be a big part of their offense. Coaches like him. Marvin Mims, I guess, Cortland Sutton's still there. DK, Dulcich. My question know. for you is if Sean Payton, quote unquote, fixes 
the Broncos offense, Russell Wilson. And again, part of it is just the upgrade of going from Nathaniel Hackett, who is supposed to just let Aaron Rodgers run an offense. Then they have to get Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett's like, shit, I got to deal with this guy. So Sean Payton, half of it's just not doing the Nathaniel Hackett stuff. But how do you think Jerry Judy would fit into the offense that Sean Payton would run a run uh, to put the bumpers in the bowling lane back up for Russell Wilson? I mean, I think he would fit well. Like he's, he is capable of getting deep. He has good speed. He has good ball tracking skills. He's good after the catch. I don't think he's an elite player. Like we thought he was going to be kind of coming into the NFL. You know, there was, he was probably overrated, but at the same time, I think he's a good player. Like he can, he can put up production. And so I just think we probably have him ranked a little bit too low based on uh, perception of Russell Wilson and just kind of like the offense in general and, and sort of the vibes during the off season yeah. have not been good. For we the have Broncos. Judy ranked 72nd. He's a 32nd wide receiver uh, at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. And you're right that, again, at the most base level, like a buy low is someone that everyone hates or is disgusted by just by the previous season without thinking longer to picture. It's harder to find a better candidate than the Broncos where it's like you had Jerry Judy in a, this Russell Wilson offense. You had Cortland Sutton coming off injury. And it's like, yeah, those two guys, everyone's disgusted by it. Those are obvious bounce back candidates. The whole, the whole Denver team in general is a really good post-type sleeper candidate. You can get a lot of value for basically everybody on that team. Also, Judy, I think another... I mean, I like Judy. I've, I've, yeah. I draft him, it seems like, every damn Craig, year. To, for the record, Craig is like 20 spots higher than Heifetz and I on Judy. Well, and I think I got to move him up. It's because when he plays, he's good. But the problem is, is, is most of the games he's playing, he's beat up. I mean, this year right. he started the season. I don't know if you remember with like a like a weird rib kind of abdomen injury, <laughs> and then that affected him like the whole season. Yeah. And then the year before that, high ankle sprain, week one, he was out oh, eight yeah. weeks, and then had well, to like yeah. limp the rest of the year. He's always beat up. It's like what I say with C.D. Lamb and Deontay and Johnson. It same thing. Always that, that, that group of people is like every time Judy catches <laughs> a ball. It's like right. It's like watching a guy ride a bike without holding the handlebars. You're like, this it's like when Anthony go Davis well. goes to the floor. You're like, is he getting up? Yes, and that is the, the biggest fear with Judy. Is like, I don't think he can put together 17 games for multiple seasons in a row. I just don't. That's you're fair. right. It's a, it, literally. I think it was Judy that inspired the uh, original. If it looks bad, he's fine. <laughs> and if he's fine, no, then no, it's I, bad. I it, was, it had it to was, have been Deontay. It was Deontay, dude. It was so Deontay. Well, the Broncos, no, that Judy injury happening against the Giants. And we were like, oh, he broke a leg. He's out for the year. And we're like, ah, oh, high ankle spread. We're back in like a month. Deontay, like, he, su he suffered a season-ending injury literally every game. And Deontay, then he, was just like, he would come back in like a, a quarter His later. knee would explode every time he ran an out route. And then he came back. <laughs> He's like, oh, that, his, knee was, he, his knee was bending in the complete wrong direction. He's fine. Do you know how many times I've texted my friend like, Fuck me, Deontay Down looks bad, <laughs> and then just like LOL JK, he's bad. Well, my uh, while we're on Deontay, talk about guys that I actually have a theory that if you score like one touchdown in a season, like you're probably bad, but zero the next season, you're going to be great because all you think about and hear about is scoring zero, and then your teammates hold it. Like Miles Sanders got a didn't score a touchdown in 2021, he got like the first touchdown of the season last year because the Eagles are like, we have to get him a touchdown. Yeah. It's mentally a problem. Deontay Johnson will lead the freaking league in touchdowns this year, but also lead the league in just like times getting up after a tackle where you wonder if he like is a, is never going to play again. Have you guys See seen Mallrats? No. No, but that's There's a great a... artist. Shout out Mallrat. Charlie, amazing song. Is that, is that a... that's a Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah, from way back in the day, there's a scene. Basically, th there's a running bit throughout the show where uh, 
though the main one of the main characters is really worried because this kid keeps getting back on the escalator. <laughs> and it's like that kid, that kid is back on the escalator again. And that's me every time I see Deontay Johnson get hurt or go down. I'm like, he that guy is on the down on the field again. Look, you know, I said on last episode that like I always have amnesia coming into the next season. Like if I look back on Deontay Johnson, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, he wasn't great last year, but you know, he's always kind of fine. Deontay Johnson had a fucking disaster of a season. Do you know he was sixth in the NFL in targets? <laughs> well, he had the most targets had, ever without a touchdown by like 30 targets. He had 147 right. targets and, and he had two targets more than A.J. Brown and A.J. Brown scored 120 more fantasy points than him. <laughs> Like, oh which again is 20 God. touchdowns worth of fantasy points. <laughs> that is so rough. Holy shit. That's like Melvin Garden rookie season. Do you guys remember this? He had like a million touches and zero touchdowns the whole <laughs> oh, season. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> he, the regression is going to hit hard in a good way for Deontay, don't you think? I think the other thing with the Steelers that I, it's sneaky is like the Steelers actually had one of the hardest schedules in the league last year and then inserted Kenny Pickett as a rookie into the hardest part of the, oh, yeah, that part was of the season. Funny. And the Steelers schedule this year is way easier and that's sneakily like again one of the reasons Deontay and all the receivers last year like Claypool when he was on the team had struggled was not just a rookie quarterback but the schedule is really tough and there's yeah. a lot of reasons that Deontay Johnson's like a very easy pick to I'd rather him honestly I'd probably rather just have Deontay Johnson and Mike Evans and you could get him around later mm. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Just thinking about it now, when you're talking about that, it's crazy to me how impactful the schedule is in an NFL season. Like some teams can just get fucked based on like the quarterbacks they're facing. Like if you looked at the Saints schedule this season, they face like two established like high end quarterbacks. Have we? Wait, yeah, we we got. Have I meant to do this when Craig was talking about Olave? Can we just read the Saints schedule? Can you just read? Can you just read the quarterbacks the Saints are playing this year? Yeah, actually, Adam Adam Leviton from Establish the Run uh, tweeted about this. This is the Saints schedule based on quarterbacks: Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, or Kyle Trash, Mac Jones, <laughs> C.J. Stroud, rookie, Trevor Lawrence. This is probably the best one: Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Desmond Ritter, Jared Goff, Bryce Young, another rookie, Daniel Jones. Matthew Stafford, God knows if he'll still be playing by then. Baker Mayfield again and Desmond Ritter again. That's They're gonna crazy. win like 12 games. So and the, they might not even be good. The Should best put them down in the South. Yeah, honestly, yeah. The best quarterbacks the Saints playing are what? So you said Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, or Daniel Jones? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But that's insane. I mean, that's it's such crazy. a huge impact on the season. It's crazy. And I understand well, this is how the NFL works every year. It's like a Small sample. But this season is how you figure out. Look, Warren Sharp went on Bill's podcast the week the schedule was released last year and said the Eagles have the easiest schedule in the NFL and the best bet you can make is the Eagles to win the NFC. He said that. And then they made. never played in the fourth quarter. And then they didn't, they didn't even have to get to the fourth quarter because they were winning every game and they ran 100 dropbacks in 17 games. So it's crazy. true, though. So yeah. we can dive more into the schedule uh, later this summer, but it's huge. Yeah. So yeah. Up on, I think up on the Steelers, up on the Saints, down on everyone else who, again, if you have to do like the the prayer emoji for the receivers, just like, don't do it. <laughs> All right. Any other email, uh, any of your emails? Before we get to emails, any other receivers you guys want to hit? I'm sure there'll be more down the road that yeah. peak our interests or stress us out, but that's it for now. All right. So we've done quarterbacks, tight ends, receivers for a positional preview is going to have running backs coming soon. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have other players you want us to discuss we haven't hit, concepts, 
rel- things between the positions. You have any questions you have, anything you want to say on this podcast, email us at ringerfantasy.com. More Cheeto talk. Yeah. yeah. Cheeto talk. Um, and then, yeah, also, obviously, weird crap. You can email us. And then check out fantasyfootball.thereno.com. Rankings. All right. Emails. Emails. We asked for people to send us players whose your dads or mom get their name wrong all the time. Because everyone, everyone's <laughs> a good dad. Prompt. Like, yeah. DK, you're a dad. Can you explain how you just have, you know, eventually just you just run out of space for you run out of RAM to keep people's names in? <laughs> Yeah, it's the your memory just it, memory is really fucked up after becoming a parent. Number one, I think it's just you're getting older. Number two, you're sleep deprived. Number three, I lost my train of thought because I'm old and I'm a dad. That's all. <laughs> I, I was gonna say he couldn't even think of number three because he's a dad. <laughs> all right. So yeah. emails. Uh, wait, do you two have any you want to share before we get going here? I said yeah. on the last one that my dad sometimes says Dax uh, Prescott. <laughs> We asked, I don't know why okay. I like that a lot. You're not alone. Shane actually emailed in to say, my dad is a huge Cowboys fan. Uh, but names are not his specialty. And since the Cowboys drafted Zeke and Dak, my dad, about 75% of the time, just calls Dak Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. He said, needless to say, I'm stoked that Zeke got cut this offseason. Um, Angie <laughs> emailed in to say, my dad is a lifelong, diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan who for 15 years called... <laughs> The quarterback, Ben Rothenberger. <laughs> 15 years of Ben Rothenberger. Uh, uh, Rothlisberger is kind of hard to pronounce, let's be honest. <laughs> James says, my dad did, does, and will forever refer to former Steelers legend, Troy Polamalu, as Polly Wally Doodle all the day. No first okay. name, just Polly Wally. <laughs> and he says, it's both funny and extremely offensive. He's right. not even trying. No. But let's be real, that's a bad thing. I was thinking the same thing. It's both funny and offensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a (laughs) mid-60s man, something they would do. Stanley, I I honestly, getting an email from someone named Stanley who looked like they were in their mid-20s on Gmail was a fucking shock (laughs) to the system. Damn. I'm telling you, old names are coming back with the next generation, man. This was wild. You think? Like, Abigail is a a pretty popular name now. Uh, Did Abigail go? I went to school with like three Abigails. That's that's Abby. Abby's not old. I thought Abigail was kind of like an old-fashioned name. Maybe. It's it's was no that Gertrude. Gertrude. Gertrude is not coming back. <laughs> Dolly? I can see Dolly coming back. Dolly, that's a good one. Dolly's good. Or Dot. Shout out my grandma, Dolly. <laughs> dude, was uh Cloyce Box was definitely like Cloyce, married to dude. A, a Dot at one dot. point in his life. What was we, his, do you think- for, his wife's name was Fern? <laughs> Fern. Oh, that's another <laughs> one, dude. Fern. Fern. Hey, hey guys, my Fern girlfriend Box. Fern's coming over. <laughs> Fern. I'm going on a date with a girl. Her name's Dot. Fern's kind of hot. <laughs> Fern is Dot definitely like, like Dorothy? What is that? Yeah, I think it's Dorothy. You know what's another one? Beverly. Ooh, Beverly. Yeah. I just Bev? had a baby girl. What'd you name her? Beverly. <laughs> is, she, is she Benjamin Button? <laughs> We're offending some people right now. I know. Uh, listen, no, I, they know. If you have an, if you're named Dolly, like, you know that it's an old name. No one named Gertrude. Gertrude's offended. Gertrude. That, like, we know. You know what, though? Ch- change the, the, change the, uh, the reputation. If you just named your daughter Beverly, good on you. Maybe she'll reinvent the name. Bev is cool. Beverly is a good name. Yeah. Straight now, up. if you're calling someone Polly Wally, that's offensive. That, you, <laughs> yes. that you should, no, that's no good. The, the only two Beverly's I know are my grandmother and my fiance's grandmother. So, Dolly was my grandmother. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dolly uh, was your grandmother. Yeah, 
Stanley really? wrote in to say that <laughs> my great aunt was Gertrude. My grandmother's name was Albina. Oh, you, you know what's another good one? Albina. <laughs> my other grandmother's name is Bonnie. It didn't hit you quite. It didn't hit you exactly like instantly there. That was Bonnie's good. coming back. I can feel it. Bonnie's Bonnie, cool. I like. Bonnie's, Bonnie's a good, a good name. A is Bonnie, Bonnie a nickname though? Bonnie's got to be a nickname for something. Oh, and what is Bonnie short for? I don't know if it's short for anything. It's like an Can Irish name. One? Bonnie. Bonnie. Oh, that's actually sick. Bonnie's a good name to come back. Gertrude's not coming back. Bonnie's a good name, though. Bonnie's Bonnie a cool is a good name. name. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, uh, Bonita. Oh, that's cool. That's oh. nice. That means uh, beautiful in Spanish. I like when celebrities bring back like interesting names. Like to me, like Margot, everybody kind of thought was an older name. And then Margot Robbie comes along and everyone's like, never mind. That name's cool. Yeah. What's, yeah. um, well, Jalen, Jalen invented Jalen with Jalen's mom, obviously. Jalen, who are you talking about? He invented the name Jalen Rose. His mom. He was like the first Jalen. They haven't found like a really? documented Jalen before him. Is that and right? Like the, the, if you, I mean, literally, maybe oh, not literally that. first, but oh, you didn't know. So yeah, Jalen Rose. If you literally look at the popularity of the name Jalen from like U.S. Census data, it's like the Fab Five. It's at it's at zero, and then the Fab Five happens, and it literally just goes up. And all the NBA players and athletes named Jalen. Now are just like, yeah, my mom named me after Jalen Rose. <laughs> Kai, Our producer Kai, Kai just in, said yeah. Yeah, that Jalen Rose blocked him on Twitter. I love when <laughs> celebrities block people on Twitter. Matthew Barry has blocked my brother for like a decade. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what did your brother do to get blocked by Matthew ben Barry? I think he was like, who should I start? Blocked. Matt Barry picked a player and he sucked. And then my brother was like, you're a fucking idiot. Talk shit. Wait, is yeah. this why you became a fantasy analyst? Your brother's your brother just like, shit. I need someone deserves- to answer my questions. Maybe that's my origin story. I should say, I'm sure people are going to email me. I don't know if Craig's the youngest name in the world. I don't know any young Craigs. <laughs> that's a good point. You're coming. I love how Craig nicer. gets ahead of the emails in every single show. Yeah. I know they're coming. <laughs> the pitchforks right. are out. I never read Stanley's email. <laughs> Stan. The Stan. mob is just going after you. <laughs> Stan's my dad's name. <laughs> So Wait, did you just put this together? No, I. it's oh just so God. funny. Um, <laughs> not an athlete, but my mom and aunts call Arnold Schwarzenegger Commando. That's fine. He was the in like a movie. ninth movie that you'd think of him for. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, Mitch emailed <laughs> in to say my brother-in-law used to call Peyton Barber Pablo Barber. And then I went to work <laughs> and then other people were also calling him Pablo Barber. Pablo? Yeah, like remember Peyton Barber? He was like, I, he, like separate parts of his life. Like Peyton Barber was called Pablo Barber by separate people that did not know each other. Why well, can't I remember who Peyton Barber was? The uh, the running back. Because you had a child and erased all the information. Yeah, I've only got so much room in there. Okay. Uh, Ashton says my mom calls Vin Diesel Van Diesel and insists that he's the star <laughs> of the Ride films. <laughs> ride. Parents are the best. So dude. close. <laughs> uh. Raphael said that um, my girlfriend and her family are from Cleveland and they call LeBron James, James LeBron, because their aunt God. thought when he was drafted back in 2003 that he was French. They just <laughs> thought it was James LeBron. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, and then Brandon says, my dad says, kick a field goal instead of field goal. <laughs> kick a field goal. And he's like, but growing up, I thought that was normal. So I would say field goal. 
And then instead of telling me that this was wrong, my buddies just agreed to not correct me as long as they could because they thought it was hilarious. And then I was going for years until in high school, I said in front of my girlfriend at the time, and she was like, did you just say field gold? <laughs> She's like, we're done. Yeah, they broke up. <laughs> That's the hugest That's another one. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for phrases that you got wrong and you didn't know the, for a long I saw time. there was a funny uh, thread on Twitter a couple of years ago that people think it's take it for granite. Like the me- like the rock granite. It's a Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> Rick and Morty bit. People definitely say it like that. Take it for granted. Did you? Which just I, say I for can granite? see. Well, it's it's like uh, for all intensive purposes, right? <laughs> like people, people oh, think- intensive purposes. <laughs> yeah, it's for the purposes that are very intensive. That's, um, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure I do it. I think Bill's the king of that. Bill's never gotten the phrase. Um, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? This <laughs> <laughs> is right? every time. <laughs> We've all got a few. Yeah. 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 Pe- you know, people say like, see the trees through the forest. Oh, I still can't yes. get that. I don't even actually know what the saying is. <laughs> it's, see it's, the forest through the trees. See the forest for the trees. Through. I, so I still, I know. But I, no, I think you're missing the forest for the trees. Is like it's kind expression. of like every time you guys are like Kadarius Tony's amazing when he plays. Those are the trees, and my forest is like, but he doesn't play. <laughs> yes, like that's it's, the forest. It doesn't play. You, you can't see the forest through the trees. Is the phrase I believe. I don't know, Craig. Hold on. No, that's <laughs> definitely right, man. That's definitely it. <laughs> no, it's you can't see the forest for the trees. That's what he said. You said through the trees. I did. did. <laughs> oh, no, then you're definitely wrong. It's not well, through whatever. the trees? No. When I type in can't see the forest, the first two things that come up is for the trees and through the trees. Yeah, Because yeah, the only people alternates. Google it are people who are wrong about it or people trying to prove their friends wrong. See the forest, but for the trees? See, this is the why it's so hard. The point is about seeing <laughs> the difference between the two and the larger they both picture. Work. Miss yeah. the forest for the trees is how I always say it. As I long think. as you say it in a way that communicates it, it's you fine. You know what's one thing? A, a generational gap in phrasing. Young people, Heifetz, you can attest to this. Let's see if you agree. Young people don't speak about time in, like they don't say it's a quarter to six. A hundred percent. My mom does that and I'm Half like, six. just say the time. Why you gotta be all fancy my, about it? My dad will say it's 10 past five. I'm like, I don't know a person on this planet <laughs> under 30 who will not say 510, who will say it's, it's 10 past Only people five. whose moms were like named Gertrude can say that. Like if you, like if it's so true, millennials don't say that at all. They don't. I, where did it come from? Why? why did, I don't know. Does it I have to do with digital agree. versus analog maybe? I don't know. Probably. It's a quarter so past right. three. I'm like, just say, just say three. <laughs> it's a, you had to do extra work to say that phrase. Just don't do that. Oh, this is why we're going to go at a quarter to eight. I'm like, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? I have to, why is it? You give me a riddle. <laughs> this is why it also bugs me when people say Baker's dozen. I'm like, just say 13. <laughs> like, just say the number. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to make it so fucking complicated? <laughs> Why does the term doesn't exist? Why yeah. is there a word for 12? That's true. Just say 12. Because <laughs> there's 12 eggs. It's more <laughs> syllables. <laughs> say 12. I don't get it. Oh, God. <laughs> Why do we have a word for a dozen? It's true. It's dozen like a different language. Quarter, quarter to five. Craig, that's a good point. I... I I think my grandparents used to say that, but that I can't remember anyone else saying that. It's so true. It's like that's only people who actually hid under their desks in case of a nuclear attack. <laughs> that's the same quarter to five. 
Oh, well, at a quarter to two, we have the nuclear bomb emergency training in class, so. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, meanwhile, it's like the only people who actually, like, you know, are, have TikTok are people who did, like, active shooter drills in school. You know, you can basically break up all the I know, it's, it, it, like, it's truly the new generation. Like, that's that's the separation. All right, we should, uh, we should get out of here. It's a quarter to two. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Everyone emailed us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. And seriously, please email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Blondie. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I was thinking of four non-blondes. I apologize. I got. Oh, that's a good one, too. What's going on? Four non-blondes. Call me. It's just mean to blonde people. Four non-blondes. What's the best Blondie song? Is it Call Uh, Me? Or that's a good. A, that's probably wait, one Blondie, of the more famous ones. Oh my God! Is there's a scene in Letterkenny? Do you guys watch Letterkenny? It's either Call Me or Heart of Glass, I would say. Right. Uh, underrated, Denny Dennis. Check that one out. Don't know that one. Check it out. Call Me is a hard song to sing, like over a microphone in, on Zoom. It's too high pitched. Call me. Yeah. Oh, that was good. <laughs> na, 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 na. I believe uh, yeah. that song. I believe. Don't quote me was made for the movie American Gigolo with Richard Gere in 1980. They made that really? song for that movie. Wow. That'd be a great um, like like bar trivia thing. Songs that were made for movies that are actually I, really popular. Some of the best songs were made for movies. The Bodyguard. Right. Well, the, the, wait. No, 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 no. Isn't no. that the one with Whitney Houston or am I thinking of a different one? Oh, well, the song yeah, was written I by Dolly Parton though, you. 20 years mm-hmm. before. Oh, never mind. Were all but, the Top Gun songs written for Top Gun, or at least some of them? Like Kenny Loggins, did did they just employ Kenny Loggins to write a bunch of songs? This is what I always wonder. Uh, that's a good question. You talking about Danger Zone? Yeah, I bet like you that, Danger was, Zone. that was probably there's, for Top Gun. There's a lot of songs in that song Dude, in that movie that I just associate only with that movie. You know, Saturday Night Fever. All the BG songs that we know and love are f- made for that movie. What? <laughs> what? Yes. The B- Wait. This is like, like I actually like went way Night too Fever, light. More Than a Woman. All those songs are for Saturday Night Fever. Really? The Ringer Films has a, a, a music box documentary called Mr. Saturday Night. And it's about Roger, Robert Stigwood, Roger Stigwood. He's the producer and he's the one who orchestrated that and got the Bee Gees to make an album for Saturday Night Fever. Craig, do you know why the Bee Gees were named the Bee Gees? Barry Gibb. Did he just, he just like hijacked the name of the band for Yeah, the he just kind of went ISO. <laughs> Clear okay. out. <laughs> if we had a band, we'd be the DKs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we kind of did that one was Danacy, but we had a guy named Craig. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Doesn't have quite the same ring as the CHs. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, yeah, it's a quarter past, and this was, you know, great CH football podcast. So thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.